0: Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to start in verse number 5. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking." Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. After this manner therefore pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, I pray that you will be with us this evening as we again dive into what has been called your prayer, the Lord's Prayer. Lord, I pray that we'll gain understanding of verse number 11 when you sought to teach your disciples, your followers, that we serve a God who is a provisional God. He is a God who provides our each and every needs. He's not absent from what we need in our life. He's not far off. He is so in tune with us that in verse number 8 he says that you said that he knows what we need before we even ask him. What kind of father is this? Lord, I pray that you be with us this evening. We praise you for the provisions of the answered requests that we lifted up before you and thanked you for even before the service. And we pray that you do a work that only you can do in here in hearing. Move in whatever manner you see fit with the request we've lifted up before you this evening in whatever way that will bring only further glory to your name. And Be with us this evening. Be with the youth next door and the teachers next door and those who are with the kids downstairs. We thank you for those who, in this church, it seems every time we turn, there's someone looking to serve, someone looking to labor, someone looking to work and do more for your glory. We give thanks to you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. We continue our study this evening and what we've said has been labeled as the Lord's Prayer. Though we said that this is what has been labeled as the Lord's Prayer, we really even more understand that this is really what uh, the disciples' prayer. As the Lord would never seek to have his debts forgiven, because he is in no debt at all, in no sin at all. But even more, he, the Lord provides for us in this prayer a structure in which we should pray. He says in verse number nine, after this manner, therefore, pray ye. We've moved on from last week and to this week into the next portion of this. In verse number 11, it says, give us this day our daily bread. Here, the Lord is beginning to teach his disciples that God is a provisional God. God is a God who provides for his children. God is not the kind of God who just provides every once in a while, but we serve a God who provides for his children on a daily. He says, give us this day our daily bread. In verse number eight, as we said before, it's the Lord not only says that the kind of God we serve is a, as a provisional God, but the kind of God we serve is the kind of God before you even seek him for that provision, he already knows what provision you need. He knows what your need is before you even ask him. Not only in verse number 11 does it tell us that our God is a God who is a provisional God, but it's a God, the kind of God he it's a statement in this prayer so to say that it is a reminder unto us that our god is a provisional god lest we dare forget who has supplied all of our needs now this is often in our day so easily passed over in our day we kind of quickly look past this because This morning when we wanted food, we went to the food pantry and seen that it was full. We go to the freezer and see a freezer chest full of all these different foods. But if you could insert yourself into the time in which this was written, now, this was not the time of refrigeration. This was not the era of canned goods. This was not the era of all of these storehouses of whatever you wanted to have. Each and every day you searched for the provision of food. But even more, this reminds us that even in the era in which we live, Don't allow yourself to get so disconnected because your pantry is full of food that you accidentally forget who filled your pantry. Give us this day our daily bread. The Lord is first trying to teach the disciples something that we all must understand. God is the only source for our provisions. Our Father, who art in heaven. That is the one who we are seeking to provide for us. He is the source of the provisions that we have in our lives. Matter of fact, when the psalmist was thinking about this God who provides for his children in Psalms 104, the psalmist says, starting in verse number 10, as he thought about God, he said, He sendeth the springs into the valleys which run among the hills. They give drink to every beast of the field. The wild asses quench their thirst. By them, the fowls of heaven have their habitation, which sing among the branches. He watereth the hills from his chambers. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of thy works. He causeth the grass to grow for the cattle and the herb for the service of man that he may bring forth food out of the earth. In verse number 27, he says, These wait all upon thee that thou mayest give them their meat in due seasons, that thou mayest, that thou givest them They gather, that thou openest thine hand, they are filled with good. Thou hidest thy face, they are troubled. Thou takest away their breath, they die, and they return to dust. The psalmist says in Psalms 104, he said, When you got up this morning and decided to have yourself a bowl of cereal, and you reached in the fridge and grabbed yourself some milk. Don't be so disconnected that the reality is the reason that you have milk is because God has so saw fit to provide water for the cows to drink. Out of desolation in a desert Since he's brought forth grass for these animals to eat. Don't allow yourself to be so disconnected when you grab a piece of fruit off of the counter. Don't allow yourself to be so disconnected that you forget that the only reason that you have fruit today is because God saw fit to water the ground, that God saw fit to bless the tree, to bring forth more fruit. That according to Psalms 104, that God blessed the man that he would even reap the harvest from the ground. The only reason that we have the pantry that we have and the food on the counter that we have is because God has so, saw fit to bless us in this way. But he said, the minute that God hides his face, he said, the minute that God looks away, it'll lose its breath. The minute that God turns away, it'll lose its oxygen and return back to dust. What the psalmist is saying is the same thing in this prayer is that we're reminded that everything we have is because God is so good because he seeks to provide for us. Even more, he says, give us this day our daily bread. This is not so much in the sense, maybe in a, it could be in the sense that God is saw fit to supply you with food today. But give us this day our daily bread is also to say that God has provided you with the strength to go to work. Even more that God has provided you with the intellect to do the job in which they've asked you to do. That God has blessed the company to pay you a check. So that he could, in return, provide that. uh, So, in return, that you could be provided with the ability to purchase food. That's the kind of God we serve. Now, even more to understand this, he says, Give us this day our daily bread. Now, lest we forget what we covered last week, this. Statement that he offers up to us here in verse number 11, give us this day our daily bread, does not come first. We're often really good at this. When we go into the prayer closet, we start to list off the things that we believe we need. We're really good at listing off our desires. Give us this day our daily bread. Lord, I would like this. Lord, I would... Need this, Lord, I would favor if you could do this for me. But the prayer and the structure that the Lord gives us, the give us this day our daily bread, only comes after we first hollow his name. Give us this day our daily bread, only after's, comes after we first hallow his name. Then we say, your kingdom come, your will be done. So it is to also say that we get to our personal needs, our personal desires, after we first give God the respect that he deserves. Second, seek him and say, whatever happens today, may your kingdom be furthered. Whatever happens today, may your kingdom be glorified. And Lord, whatever happens today, not my will, but your will be done. Then after that, the tables are turned back to ourselves. Give us this day our daily bread. Oftentimes, I think that the struggle is that too many Christians, we all suffer from the sin of ingratitude, especially in America. We have found ourselves so spoiled with anything it seems that we desire, we have failed to give thanks to the one who has delivered this all to us. We have failed to thank God because we are just in such a state of surplus. We don't have one vehicle. We have two vehicles. We don't have just a food pantry. We don't even have just a freezer connected to our fridge. We have a freezer chest in the garage. We are so uh, in the state of surplus that we have entered into a a state of ingratitude and have failed to offer thanks to the father who has blessed us with all of these things. We are reminded in James that James chapter one and verse 17 says what this is. Every good and perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Now, what does this mean to us? Give us this day our daily bread, but also to recognize that everything that good that happens in your life, everything good that happens in your life is from God. Now, what does this mean to us? It means that God has a lot of resources. That's what it means. It means that your job may give you a check, but it also means that God is using your company to take care of you. Your need may be met by a fellow friend. Your need may be met by a distant family member. But it means that God is using the friend. It means that God is using the family member to meet your needs. But oftentimes what happens in a believer's life, when we get the check, we fail to turn to God and say thank you, and we in turn begin to exalt the job. We start to pay our allegiance to the job. When someone blesses us, we spend more time thanking the person than thanking God. We begin to exalt the friend. We begin to lift the friend up. We begin to tell everybody else about what they have done. And obviously having the spirit of ingratitude towards God. And in truth, we have entered into the realm of idolatry. Because what happens is this. Look in the Old Testament. What was the deal with Baal? The deal with Baal was that Baal was exalted and worshipped because they believed that Baal could not only bring rain, but they believed that Baal could produce fertility. So they worshipped Baal. And when it rained, they praised Baal. And when someone was able to conceive, they Praised Baal, this is what idolatry is when you offer up thanksgiving to someone who does not deserve it. Even more, we seen in Acts chapter 14, these Greeks, the Gentiles, they were praising Zeus that he was the one that produced lightning, and from there, Zeus had all these different children, and they worshiped all of these different idols, robbing God of his glory. And that is what we do when we, have blessings in our life, whether it is clothes. He'll talk about that in the end of this chapter. It doesn't matter whether it's food, food, clothes, possessions, assets, roof over your head. It is all from God. And the Lord says, take none of it for granted, but recognize that God has given it all unto us. We also need to recognize this, that God works in mysterious ways. He is not like us. First Kings chapter 17 really opens our eyes to just how amazing God is. Elijah had found himself down at the brook of Cherith. He was exhausted. He was thirsty. He was hungry. And as Elijah was down there at the brook of Cherith, God supplied Elijah there with water. Even more, God supplied Elijah with water, but Elijah had found himself in a place where he had become hungry, extremely hungry. God would send a raven. Now, I'm going to stop there. God would send a raven to Elijah. A raven. Now, according to the Old Testament, a raven is an unclean bird. You can't... Raise ravens, you can't eat ravens, you don't hunt ravens, you don't touch ravens. It is an unclean bird. Yet, Elijah is a righteous man. Yet, God takes that which is unclean and sends it to this man named Elijah to give him the provision of food. Now, how do we take that and apply that to a 2023 lesson? It means that God is so sovereign. The heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. And as the rivers of water, he moveth whithersoever he will. So what does it mean for us? It means that God is so sovereignly in control that he can take the unrighteous in the world and take the wicked of the world, and use it to take care of his righteous people. He may take that which, according to his word, is unclean, who need to be blood washed, and with all our desires meet our every need. Even more, Elijah was down there by the brook of Tareth, and guess what? The raven stopped coming. And guess what? The brook dried up. And you could say Elijah in this situation could find himself in a place where his heart may become bitter, sour. But God came to Elijah and told Elijah, I have a a widow for you over there in Zarephath. And I've already dealt with her and she will provide you your next meal but you have to get up and go. So Elijah would get up and go there, and there Elijah would be fed. At times in our life, we have to understand that God may turn off resources to us. At times we may find ourselves in a good spot, in a spot where it seems like we're just absolutely taken care of. We got it made in the shade with a glass of lemonade. The job is good. The money's good. The house is good. And God will turn off that spigot. But this is not for us to find ourselves at a place that we become bitter with God. It may just be that God has so decided to dry that up to move us to another place to be used there. We see that even in Jacob's life. When Jacob was... Up there, and God had so many years earlier used Joseph, the evil of his brothers, and moved them down into Egypt. And while they were down there in Egypt, for all of these years, God was working in Joseph's life and would raise them to the place that he would be second in command. And then all these years later, God would bring Jacob and all of his brothers down and preserve them in this land of Egypt. Now, for certain, God was filling out his promise that he told Abraham about these 400 years that was coming of slavery. But my point is this, that in famine, God had sent Joseph 20 years earlier to preserve his people alive. God knows exactly how to give us this day our daily bread. He's never failed his people. He's never come up short. He's never fallen short about how he was going to take care of his people. And we at times need to take comfort to this. We also have to recognize that God is not the only one trying to feed his people. Remember there, When Satan took the Lord up there, he said, I know you're hungry. I know you're hungry. Why don't you turn these stones into bread and feed yourself? There are times in our lives where Satan will try to present us with opportunities, give us things that may seem like the unreal situation as to lure us away. But what prevents us from being lured away by Satan is that every day we wake up and say, give us this day our daily bread. We are reminded to whom is providing for us. God may move us. He may move us to an uncomfortable situation. He may take us away from the brook of Cherith and move us all the way across the desert to a widow's house who don't have much food when you was getting fed, doing nothing at all right there by the brook. But it's all about positioning us to further bring him glory. See, down there with the widow of Zarephath, God was preparing to use Elijah to do something great for him. Notice also this emphasis here. Give us this day our daily bread. I feel like this is an emphasis of the reality that this is a morning prayer. This is something that we should do each and every morning. Give us this day our daily bread. I don't know about you. This may surprise you due to my slender physique. But when I wake up in the morning, I'm usually hungry. (laughs) This is this definitely a believer right here. The, <laughs> I wake up hungry. And what, what do I do? Before long, I make my way to the kitchen and try to find some kind of substance, some, some kind of food. But you know, I don't pray in the evening, give me this day my food for breakfast. I don't pray in the evening, give me this day my food for lunch. And I don't say in the evening, give me this day my food for dinner. This is really a morning supplication. That we start off our day coming to the Lord that today your name is going to be hallowed from my mouth. Today your name is going to be hallowed from the way I walk. Today my life is going to be a life that is Holy, offered up unto you so that your kingdom can be advanced. May your will be done in my life. And by the way, while I'm laboring for you, can you provide me the substance to labor for you? It is also to say, give us this day our daily bread. It is to say, God will you give me what I need so that I can do everything that I just said on the prior. That your kingdom will get glory. That your name will be hallowed. That all will be brought to glory through my life. Give us this day our daily bread. But he continues this prayer reminding us that we're not the only person that wakes up hungry. You know, you ever had something that you were suffering from and bumped into somebody else who had the same exact problem? And when you heard what they did to get rid of it, you was relieved that you wasn't the only person in the world that faced this problem. That you wasn't the only one who had this struggle. You ever, uh, you know, the Bible teaches us to bear one another's burdens. Have you ever opened up about the things that burden your heart to another brother or sister, and they say, I struggle with that too. It's like this great sense of relief. The Lord teaches us here, give us this day our daily bread. This is the reminder that when you wake up in the morning and you seek the Lord's face and you seek for the Lord to provide for you and me that you're not the only one that probably woke up hungry. That you're probably not the only one who woke up today needing the provisions from the Lord. So the Lord teaches us when you wake up in the morning, don't wake up and pray selfishly. Don't wake up and pray that all your personal appetite desires or whatever will be met. He said, give us this day. Our daily bread. Give your children. Meet our needs today, Lord. Give us this day our daily bread. We must learn not to be selfish. We must learn that we're not the only one with problems. We must learn that we're not the only one with troubles. To pray for us is to recognize that others are in the same state as us in need of some daily bread. But notice also what this verse teaches us. He said, give us this day our daily bread. Now, I know that you're not like this, but I at times can find myself like this, which propels me to seek the Lord's face. I find myself at times thinking about things that I have to do tomorrow, things that I have to deal with tomorrow. Meetings that we may have to have this week. And I find myself days prior so engulfed with in my mind about how all of this is going to turn out that I lose today worrying about tomorrow. One man said that we should never try to Use today's grace to cross tomorrow's bridges. Give us this day our daily bread. Let's worry about today's problems today. Let's seek the Lord about today's needs today. Whatever tomorrow brings, if we'll start the day outright seeking, our Father says, He will provide. He'll provide for us each and every day. But the structure that the Lord gives us here in prayer is also a prayer of trust, not of worry, not of of fretting and fear about tomorrow, but a prayer of trust today. Now, in the end of this chapter, really starting in verse number 30, the Lord will continue to tell the disciples about the situation he said wherefore if God so clothe the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven shall he not much more clothe you O ye of little faith therefore take no thought saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed for After all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly father knoweth what ye have need of of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the Evil thereof. Now notice what he does there in speaking to the disciples. In verse number 31, he says, Take no thought, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink? Wherewithal shall we be clothed? Worrying about possessions, worrying about food. But in verse number uh, 32, he tells the disciples, This is how the Gentiles behave meaning this is how unbelievers behave. These are how people behave who don't trust in God. This is how people behave who don't know me. But this is not how you should behave because you confess that you know me. This is how the Gentiles worrying about clothes and worrying about foods and possessions. He said, remember, I am the one who's faithful to clothe the field every year. You don't sit in your house worrying about whether grass is going to come up in your front yard when spring comes. You don't worry about whether the trees are going to get green leaves. You don't worry about any of those things because I'm sovereignly in control of that. I have faithfully clothed the fields for 6,000 years, even more. If I have been faithful to dress this earth appropriately for all of these years, do you not think I can meet the needs of one of my children? Do you not think I can handle supplying food? Do you not think I can handle giving you what you need? So he says, so since God knows how to faithfully handle all of those things all around the world, he again reminds the disciples that in order to fully get a hold of all this, you have to prioritize. You see, really, verses 5 through 15, and you could really say verses 30 through 36 follows the same structure. After he tells them not to behave like the lost people, After he tells them to not get get caught up in all of these earthly things, but trust me, who's been faithful to all these things, he again takes them back to what? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And that's exactly what he does when he gives them the structure of prayer. First, seek me. First, hallow my name. First, Align yourself with the understanding of what is going to further advance my kingdom through you. Then turn to me and I will show you what it means that I am a God who provides. Give us this day our daily bread. It is the reminder that God has been faithful that God has been faithful through all of these years. He's provided for his people. He'll continue to provide for his people. He'll continue to provide for those who seek his face. But we must always be careful that we don't allow ourselves to enter into this place of ingratitude, that we find ourselves in a place where we take for granted with the things that God has given us. And always be mindful that if someone blesses us, it is because God has put it upon their heart to be a blessing. Let's not praise them. You can thank God for using them as the conduit. But if they blessed you in the right heart, then their heart would say, praise God that he's allowed me to bless you. Because he is the one who, moves us as the rivers of water, whithersoever he will. The Lord in this prayer here, in this next portion, is to remind us that everything we have in this life, everything that we consume in a day, is because God has given us this day our daily bread. Let's pray. Our Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your love, for your grace, for your mercy upon us, Lord. I thank you for blessing us, Lord, so many of us have more than we could ever imagine. Lord, I pray that we never find ourselves in the spirit of ingratitude, that we never exalt those you use as a conduit more than um, for anything, Lord, but always recognize you as the giver, the supplier, the God who provides for his children. We give thanks to you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen.